Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. Today's episode is brought to you by My Pillow. Be sure to use promo code NOQ at checkout. NOQ. are feeling like strangers in a strange land. Sadly, it's becoming more challenging every day to recognize our own country. Listening to the Midnight Sentinel will help us make sense of the craziness we're seeing and hearing about all around us. We need patriots and Christians who are willing to stand up for the values that made our nation great. Are you ready to be a Sentinel? Here's J.D. Rucker. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, or uh, I guess it could be uh, night where you are. I don't know. Maybe you're somewhere else in the world. Or maybe you're listening to this on the replay at my podcast the Midnight Sentinel with J.D. Rucker. But if you're listening live, then you're listening to J.D. Rucker Live. And I am your host, J.D. Rucker. It's a beautiful Monday. Really is out here in communist California. Uh, there's lots of sun. It's going to actually get a little bit hot this week. And then it's going to cool back down again, which is kind of where I like it. You know, a lot of people love California weather. I think it's great. I like the fact that it doesn't usually get too hot. But I'm, I'm more of a cold weather guy, and I think a lot of people are. I would say the vast majority of people are, even though we think that we want to be out on the beach. In reality, we like the coziness of you know, being wrapped up in nice warm clothes and sitting by a fire, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe the young people just want to be half-naked out on the beach all day. Uh, maybe they just want to be on meta, meta, in the metaverse, in front of their computers or with their little headsets. I don't know. You know, I'm trying to stay stay in touch with all the things that's happening in the world. And I'm just talking about the technological stuff, the advances that are happening for young people. But sometimes I fall behind. Yeah, it's just, I guess, part of part of getting old. The one person who's getting old, but also still trying to keep in touch and stay in touch 
with people's Elon Musk. I want to talk about him. I also want to talk about a video, a video, an article that I posted over the weekend at thelibertydaily.com that went really viral. I mean, millions of people uh, share or uh, read it, shared it, all of that good stuff got shared by a lot of prominent people. And it's, it's about the jabs, the vaccines, and all of that good stuff. The main topic that I want to talk about is actually an article that I had read over at Mises. Uh, and all of these articles, by the way, you can find over at noqreport.com. When you, a- after the show, if you're watching it later, you can catch all these articles that I'm going to talk about over there. But the title of this particular one by is called Putin's Inflation? Question mark. Homegrown modern monetary theory is to blame. Hmm. It's a topic that I think does not get talked about nearly enough. I'm surprised how few people, how few Americans are aware of modern monetary theory, couldn't recognize it if it was happening to them. And those who do know about it, a lot of them don't realize that it would be essentially the death of the United States of America. And guess what? We're in the process of heading towards modern monetary theory as our prevailing uh, economic status here in the United States. We're already heading in that direction, and it could be happening very soon. If you're wondering where the where the food shortages, the food prices, the gas prices, where everything is, everything they blame on Putin, you can blame on modern monetary theory. Now, no, modern monetary theory did not invade Ukraine, but a lot of this stuff was happening long before the Russian army was even was even had even stepped foot in Ukraine. So we have to look at what is the underlying cause and stop listening to the White House's propaganda or the corporate media gaslighting us into thinking that we should just blame everything on Putin. That's just wrong. That's just Democrats trying to protect themselves and their corporate media underlings trying to protect them as well. But first, let's talk about Elon Musk. Okay. So he bought 9.2% of Twitter. He bought 9.2% of Twitter and has become the biggest shareholder of the social media giant. Now, the funny part is, so last week he gets on Twitter and he's talking to, to people on Twitter and replying and basically saying that they're being, they're being obnoxious, they're being authoritarian, there's too much censorship, and what should he do about it? And people were chiming in. I remember Dinesh D'Souza said, hey, man, contact me. You know, we got to talk. He had an idea that he wanted to run by him. Other people were saying, hey, you know, you should just build your own platform. And not that we need any more platforms with Gab, Getter, Truth Social, Parler, um, Clout Hub, all the ones that are out there. I think we have enough. Not to say I have anything against anybody who wants to build more. I'm just saying I don't think we need to necessarily build more. We need to fix the ones we got or get rid of the ones we got and let the alternatives become the primaries. Yeah, in an ideal world, for me at least, I would think the Gab would be the one that would rise to the top simply because... It is as true, as close to true free speech as possible. Any of the sites, including Truth Social, by the way, any of the sites that don't have, you know, in, true independence, basically any site that you can get an app for on Apple and, and Android, they don't have actual independence. This is why they still censor, even though they claim they don't abide by censorship. What they're really claiming is that they don't abide by political censorship. Okay, and Getter's uh, Getter CEO Jason Miller even said it pretty much like that when we had interviewed him. Jeff Dornick, my buddy and partner over at Freedom First Network, interviewed him, and he essentially said, "Yeah, I mean, we're 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 pushing for." It was, and he, I'm trying to mimic his stuttering, but it it didn't work. Uh, where he's they're pushing for political censorship to be gone, but that still means that people who are who are not allowed to be part of the public square, so to speak 
that they're not welcome. And if you go too far, that you're not welcome. Now, I'm not a free speech absolutist, okay? I've used this example before. I'll use it again. I don't think that people should be able to break the law. I don't think that a guy should be able to take uh, a naked picture of his ex-girlfriend, throw it on a social media site, uh, post her address and the location of her key and her, her sleeping habits on there. Okay. That's to me, that's not, that's always, oh, but that's free speech. Well, no, that's wrong. It's illegal. Okay. Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the wellness company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health slash FFN. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. That's bad. There should be a degree of censorship that is related to the law of the land. I'm not talking about, you know, free speech because it's inconvenient or free speech because somebody, you know, if somebody is... is blacklisted like Laura Loomer or anything like that? Should they be allowed on social media? Absolutely. Should they be censored? No, not because of who they are or what they've done. You know, you can censor things based upon what is said. And if it's, if it breaks the law, okay, then it's breaking the law and you got to get rid of it. If it doesn't break the law, it's free. Say it. You, you want to call it hate speech? Fine. Call it hate speech, but you've got to allow it. We're adults here and you can say, oh, but there's children on there. Okay. Well, they shouldn't be. It's a parent problem, not not the the platform's problem. But but I digress. So so yeah. So anybody, Truth Social, Getter, Parler, all those ones, if they have an app on App Store, Google or you know Android or uh, or Apple, then they can't be legitimate free speech. Gab is, which is why I'm such a big fan of it. And I know people say, oh, but there's so many. Nazis and white supremacists and anti-Semites and everything. Okay, well, I don't follow any of them. I literally have never seen anything on there that I would consider questionable. Literally never. I mean, seriously. I've been on there for years. If you follow anti-Semites, you're going to get anti-Semitic posts. If you follow bigots, you're going to get bigoted posts. If you follow fo- whatever, <laughs> I mean, you get the idea. You know, I, I 
call me crazy, but I just follow people that I actually want to hear what they have to say. And those people happen to not be anti-Semites, misogynists. Yeah, there's a little bit of misogyny there, I guess, amongst some of the people I follow. But whatever. Point is this. Elon Musk buys, bought 9.2% of Twitter, making him the biggest shareholder. Now, here's the thing. And this is very important. I hope you're listening. A lot of people have this this romantic vision of, of Elon Musk. They see, oh, you know, he went out there. He's so cool. He's so whimsical. He just does what he wants. He's so rich. You know, he was probably there one day. He's he's on Twitter and, and he's thinking how bad it is, you know, and he's he's sitting there and he's, he's activating his bidet and he makes the decision. You know what? I know I tweeted about it, but I'm just going to go buy Twitter. Hey, hey, Bob. Hey, hey, Sally, go buy Twitter for me. Get as much as you can. You know, I don't care. Money, whatever. However much you want to spend, go buy that. And they have this vision. People have this vision that that's what Elon Musk just did. Sorry to burst your bubble, folks. But long before he tweeted that, you know, his questions about what should I do? Should I buy Twitter? Should I should I maybe build my own? I don't know. I think I should do something. You know, before he did all that, he had already bought it. The court filings, the I'm sorry, the SEC filings show that he actually made the purchase on March 14th. So before he went out there and said, hmm, I wonder what I should do. What do you guys think? What do my 80 million followers think? What are the journalists who are going to write about this thing? Maybe I should. He'd already made his decision. He'd already taken action. Okay, He had already filed to spend $3 billion and buy a, a bunch of Twitter. It just got announced today. It went into effect today. But he'd already made the decision. He'd already moved forward with it. So again, I'm not trying to, to make people, you know, dislike. I have nothing against Elon Musk. I just don't like the, the hero worship. I don't like people picturing him making decisions from his toilet and, uh, and deciding, huh, I guess today I'm just going to go buy Twitter. That's not how he works. He didn't get to the position that he's in without being extremely calculating and without putting a lot of thought into it. He comes across as whimsical. He comes across as, you know, just a guy who's, who's random and does what he wants. It's part of his brand. He's built that up. And I think deep down, that might be actually who he is when, with certain things. But I don't care how rich you are. $3 billion is not something you make, oh, I think, well, let's just go spend it. You know, this is all part of a calculation. Again, not ripping on the guy. Nothing wrong with, with Elon Musk. He might be one of the good guys. You know, free speech and all that good stuff. He might be one of the good guys. He also might be one of the... One of the globalist elites. He's talked about transhumanism. He's, he's trying to put to put uh, microchips in our brains. Okay, there's good, there's bad. He might be he might be one of the, the best guys out there. He might be one of the worst guys out there. We don't know. So we'll watch. You know, because he is powerful. I'm, I have no no celebrity interest in people. I don't follow people because oh my gosh, they're just so intriguing because they're they're celebrities. No, I follow them because they have influence. If they, and by follow them, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, I'm following them around like a, like a puppy dog. No, I'm saying follow as in I watch them. I monitor them. I monitor Elon Musk because I want to know what is he doing? What are his plans? What is he going to do that could have an impact on my life or on my family's lives or on the United States of America or even on the world? So that's why he's a person of interest in my books, not because I have any, you know, I respect that he's been so successful. Okay, he's a guy that that really is self-made in many ways. Okay, he's the one that that generated his own success. So, from that regard, I do respect him. I just don't know if I trust him yet. We'll see. 
Maybe he'll learn that. Maybe someday I will trust him. But as of today, I don't. I just. I just watch him. So before I get to the next story, I do want to. Uh, I don't want to. I, I don't know if you want to call this an announcement. This is really a request for you. So, as everybody knows, I do have a sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Uh, you can go to noqreport.com/mps. My uh, noqreport.com/mps and buy all sorts of. Survival gear, end time stuff, survival food, buckets of food, all that good stuff, right? One of the things, the challenges that I've had with them, and no offense because I know their sponsor, I love them, but one of the things that I've had a challenges, challenges with is meat. You know, just I just want to go buy a ten, number 10 can of, of chicken, or I just want to buy a Mylar bag with, with freeze-dried beef in it, something that I can store for 10, 20, 30 years, just in case the challenges that we're facing today continue as they appear to be doing and it's not just them by the way it's a lot of people a lot a lot of the companies that i've gone through mountain house augustin farms they're all either raised well they're all raising their prices but they're also uh, coming short like uh, a lot of the, the meat especially has been out of stock for a long time so i've been reaching out finding out trust me there's a point to this and it does involve you so so pay attention so i've been reaching out i've been talking to a few people about you know how do we how do we do it ourselves you know it's I could just go out and buy a a freeze dryer but they're pretty darn expensive you know I mean if you want to buy me a freeze dryer you can send me send me like uh, like four grand or so you can do that at noqreport.com/give and yeah I'll buy a freeze dryer I'll even put your name on it I'll say hey and this freeze dryer donated donated to the J- JD Rucker Live and to JD Rucker's family by super awesome donor. Bob or Sally or whoever, right? No, but uh, anyway, so I've been looking, talking to some people and, and found a guy who has access. He has access to to be able to essentially launch a small homegrown, well, not literally homegrown, but a small uh, freeze-drying food company. And you know, I've talked to other people about it too, and it seems to be of great interest. And especially considering what's out here now, he has access to organic chickens and you might think, oh, okay, so chicken, that's, I like organic and I like chicken and, uh, and I like freeze dried food because it's far superior to dehydrated or otherwise stored in canned foods. If you can get it freeze dried, it is superior, not just in flavor, not just in consistency, but also in nutrition. It maintains as much of it as possible. Freeze drying is magical, essentially. So long story short. He's been talking to me. We started talking about maybe getting a little cottage food dry or freeze dried uh, food company. And I explained to him about the chicken aspect and the beef. It's chicken and beef, really, that are, we're falling short on. I explained to him that I'm having challenges finding that. And he's like, well, we could do it. And he was talking, we were talking about some organic chicken farms nearby and you know, the, the freeze drying costs. So, okay, so let me cut to the chase. Long story short is, I think it appears. We're about to launch a freeze-dried food company, one that at least initially specializes specifically in freeze-dried chicken and freeze-dried beef. So here's where you come in. If this is of interest, if you think that you would want to to be alerted of if this company does launch, if this, you know, like I said, all the logistics, all the infrastructure, everything that's all the expertise is already there. All the safety requirements, all the licensing, we're ready to go. You know, the question is, are there enough people out there? Or should I just hope that some donor buys me my own freeze dryer for $4,000 at noq.com, noqreport.com slash give? 
That's the question. If you are interested, then, and if you want to, to be amongst the first people who are alerted when this comes available, and if you would like to, to potentially you know, even uh, be amongst the first to order at a great discount, then let me know. Send me an email right now, if you could. Send me an email, jdrucker at substack.com. jdrucker at substack.com. You know, I started my my show at late prepper, late prepper, singular, lateprepper.substack.com. That's a new prepping show. I am a late prepper. I'm trying to get caught up. I'm trying to help other people get caught up because things are going crazy, as we're going to be covering soon. Things continue to get crazier and crazier, and it seems as if there's going to be, there is currently a desperate need for, um, for food security, for economic health, which is why I always say go to OurGoldGuy.com to get gold and silver, physical gold and silver. Yeah, there's, there's this need out there. And so what are we going to do, do with it? Why, this is why I started LatePrepper.substack.com. It's one of the reasons I do this show, do other shows. I got to get the word out. And it's not just so I can sell you guys stuff. Again, don't forget, I started all this stuff before we even consider the concept of selling freeze-dried food, in particular, freeze-dried chicken and beef. So again, if you're interested, if you want to be alerted, just send me an email and I'll let you know. And I'll let you know what our plans are. And if we move forward and you'll give, be given the opportunity to get first dibs, so to speak, on the, the first first ones we run. Now you might be, oh, I don't know if I want to be a guinea pig for this. Keep in mind, again, all the safety protocols, everything is already covered. We already know, you know, the, this is not like, when I say launch, it's not like we're launching from, from scratch here. We're launching from an area of expertise. We're launching from from brand new equipment, professional grade equipment, professional grade everything. So jdrucker at substack.com. Send me an email now and I will I'll thank you and then I'll put you on, on, a, uh, on an alert list if and when this launches. I don't know if it will, but if it does, I can assure you, you're going to want to get in early on. This is going to be good stuff. So let's move on to the next story. Uh, over the weekend, like I said, I had a, a story that went really viral. I posted it on five sites. It ended up getting picked up by a bunch of other sites. And then it was shared uh, extensively across Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, all the various social sites. Gab, Getter, they all shared it. And I see lots of traffic coming from those those networks. And you know, it was unfortunately, it was bad news. So last week, Miami Open tennis tournament. You know, one of the, the bigger tennis tournaments that everybody goes. Apparently, there were 15, 15, 15 young, otherwise healthy athletes who had to either withdraw or retire in the middle of the tournament for health reasons. Now, a lot of them were saying, oh, you know, it's this. Oh, it's an old injury. Oh, it's it's blisters. It's whatever, you know, but you could see there's videos of people, players who were doubling over in pain, who, who looked really tired, grabbing their chest. And keep in mind to be there, to play at the Miami open, everyone there had to be, of course, fully vaccinated. Now, Yahoo news picked up the story. Of course, they did not mention the vaccines. Uh, Free West Media picked up the story. A handful did because the main complaint in these other stories was the fact that, oh my gosh, you know, some people went an entire day watching their the matches 
that were on their court that they had paid for, and some people didn't even get to see an entire match because there were retirements or withdrawals from every single match in one day. How's that even possible? People were asking. And why aren't we getting a refund? That was the big, big push. You know, tennis fans upset because they couldn't get a refund after, after well, a whole lot of people. Well, they they withdrew. It was unprecedented and inexplicable, and and you know blisters and uh, old injuries and 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 blisters. Do we mention the blisters? Lots of blisters. Okay, I guess, I guess Miami has a has a, a blister epidemic amongst tennis players. Or maybe we can be logical and intelligent about this and assume, and probably rightly so, that it's the jabs. We've seen this. This isn't just in tennis. Okay, in the month of March, three high-end major cyclists in Europe. Again, cyclists are some of the healthiest people out there. Between cyclists and swimmers, you have ultra, super fit, you know, very healthy and athletic people. That's where the, the best of the best are. You know, they're not the strongest, they're not the fastest, they're not this or that, but, they're, but when it comes to pure health, you're not going to get much healthier than the low-impact sports of swimming and, and cycling. Their hearts are are trained to be healthy. And yet, for some reason, three of them, in the month of March alone, three of them had heart attacks. Two of them died from them. Heart attacks in your 20s when you're an elite athlete? Okay, once, random. Twice, hmm, that's weird. Three times, wow. And of course, of course, all three of them. Fully vaccinated, two of them boosted. You can look in soccer. You could look in pretty much every sport out there. Folks, you know, there's a reason why all this stuff keeps happening. I'm not talking about the vaccine stuff. I'm talking about the other stuff. There's a reason why. Okay, and for, for the record, go ahead and put on your tinfoil hat if you would like. Now would be the time. There's a reason why Will Smith goes up and randomly slaps Chris Rock. There's a reason why Ukraine and Russia is getting so much more attention than any other regional conflict we've seen since Vietnam. Okay, there's a reason why... Uh, Elon Musk announces buying Twitter. And again, I'm not saying that these people are like all part of this big scam to distract us. What I'm saying is, is that there is this scam to distract us. And the scam is built around what are we going to focus on and what are we not going to focus on. The best way to know what news is important is to see whether it's on Google News or not, (laughs) on how prominent it is. If it's at the top of Google News, it's not important. Okay, it's important to some people, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure right now Ukraine is probably up there, and it's probably, you know, yes, that's extremely important to people in Ukraine. Okay, people who are who are in the line of fire could be very important to members of the military-industrial complex, or rhinos, or neocons, or warmongers in the GOP who want us to go into World War III, or Democrats who really just don't know what they want, they just want to go with whatever's popular because they feel desperate that they're about to lose big time in November. I don't know. I don't know who, you know, who it's important to. I just know that... For us, yes, the story was important, but why is it still so important? I mean, what new developments make it to where it supersedes pretty much all of other news, especially news that pertains to COVID-19 or the vaccines? I posted a tweet, I think it was yesterday actually, you know, a tweet noticing that, noting that there are people out there, you know, how would you feel if you got jabbed and then you learned now, today or this week, that Pfizer quietly acknowledged very recently, that they actually have no idea. They do not know what effects their vaccines have will have on women who are pregnant, or men and women and their sexual uh, their sexual organs, or nursing. Those three components 
your your reproductive organs or and your your pregnancy aspect and nursing they don't know they acknowledge this why is that not big news it should be because they were saying for for months for over a year oh no 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 they've been tested they're safe doctors should definitely recommend these to pregnant women i don't care how pregnant they are they should, nursing doesn't matter just, just just get jabbed everybody get jabbed oh you're young and you have a 99.9993 percent recovery rate if you were to get infected no no you should get the jab anyway you know we're all in this together we're all in this together so much information is coming out now especially about the vaccines and adverse reactions so much information is coming out about the vaccines and the very shoddy very poor testing that was done on them testing that has been hidden from the public okay the data is showing now starting to show very clearly that whether you're vaccinated or not the effects of covid seem to be identical it's not just about you know breakthrough cases as they used to call them now they just call them cases because there's so many of them it's not like it's breaking through anything you know you're not it's, it's like breaking through air oh look you know he just walked through that air you know what a what a what a breakthrough no it's not like that they're actually starting to, to, to determine now scientifically through studies that jabbed or not doesn't matter COVID-19 the Omicron variant at least has the exact same effects same number of same percentage of cases same percentage of hospitalizations and same percentage of deaths it literally is as if the vaccines don't really exist at least not as vaccines that they don't actually have an impact and if you wonder why it could be maybe because the vaccines are still the same ones that were developed long before they were ever rolled out. These are the same exact injections. Whether I don't care if you're getting booster three, four, five, six, whatever, they haven't changed it. And this was based on the original COVID variant. COVID-19 zero, okay, alpha, if you will. That's that's what these are based on. We're on Omicron now. Okay, Omicron, Omicron doesn't even look at it. I mean, it just flies right by it. And yet they're still telling us to get jabbed. Why? I mean, what's the point? They're lifting Title 42 because the emergency's allegedly over, right? Except they're keeping us, they're still keeping us uh, with vaccine mandates, keeping us masked because there's an emergency. Is there an emergency or is there not? Are they still putting out these jabs based upon emergency use authorization? Yes. Well, if there's, if they're doing it because of emergency use authorization, that means there's still an emergency. So why, how can they lift Title 42? None of it makes sense. But it doesn't matter because we're focused on Will Smith or Elon Musk or Ukraine or whatever. Whatever else is happening out there. If you couldn't tell, it bugs me to death. It really does bug me. I'm so, I'm so utterly annoyed by the concept, the concept alone, of being told that there's nothing to look at with these jabs. Nothing at all. Stop looking at it. But I'm also tired of being told that our economic woes, which started long before, as our, 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 the economic woes for our nation started long before Vladimir Putin was at the border, before his military had crossed over into Ukraine, long before that, we were already experiencing food shortages. We were already experiencing major, major supply chain issues. We were already experiencing inflation, massive inflation. Gas prices were going up before Putin invaded. All this was happening before, and yet they're saying it's Putin's fault? Really? How could that possibly be? So this article over at Mises, 
<sighs> Putin's inflation, homegrown modern monetary theory is to blame. And again, if you're not familiar with, with modern monetary theory, I'm going to give you a little overview here in a minute. But I do want to encourage you to learn as much as you can about it because we're experiencing it now. And this needs to be stopped desperately. Okay, So I'm going to read a little bit from the article. Prices of goods and services in the economy seem to be going through the roof and both consumers and producers suffer from the falling value of their money. Unfortunately, the public turns to politicians in Washington and economists around the world for answers. While Joe Biden and his regime call it Putin's price hike, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that over the last 12 months, all the all-item index increased 7.9% before seasonal adjustment. The reported 12-month increase has been steadily rising and is now the largest since the period ending January 1982. The all-items all less food and energy index rose 6.4%, the largest 12-month change since the period ending August 1982. Again, we're talking 40 years ago, folks. Jeez. The energy index rose 25.6%. Let me repeat that in case you weren't listening. The energy index rose 25.6% over the last year, and the food index increased 7.9%, the largest 12-month increase since the period ending July of 1981. Are you seeing a trend here? It's all happened right after the Carter administration. In the early days, when we were still trying to recover, Ronald Reagan was still trying to get things fixed. That's when we were experiencing our worst time, and we haven't had it that bad ever since. Now, of course, Reagan was able to, to work with Congress, work with Americans, work with governors, and make things better. And by the time he left office, we were in hunky-dory shape until George H.W. Bush came in and, and started ruining everything again. But I digress. More from the article. Meanwhile, the government's debt has exploded to $30 trillion dollars up from about $10 trillion at the start of the 2008 downturn and $5 trillion in the mid-90s. While such startling evidence is directly in contradiction with the official narrative of the White House, political elites either ignore the problem altogether or blame the wrong people. Part of the root of this calamity is found in the foundation of economic beliefs of the Biden administration. This is where the author is going to go into uh, Janet Yellen. We'll talk about that. But I want to be clear about this. You know, when we did start prepping, of course, very recently. That's why latepreppersubstackcom The reason I'm starting that in the first place is because we're late preppers, but I've done a whole lot of research. I've done a whole lot of testing. I've done a whole lot of watching videos, reading articles. I think that, at least from a knowledge perspective, I have some good perspectives to share regarding prepping. So that's why we started that. The first time we ever prepped, I was never a chicken little, by the way, you know, um, the first time that we ever even looked into prepping was right around that 2008-2009 mark. It was actually after Obamacare, so technically 2010-2011. When we, you know, we did a little bit. We got a dehydrator. We got some bug-out bags. We got a couple of buckets of food. You know, I think we got a solar generator. We got a little, little things, right? And we didn't spend a lot of money on it. We spent more than we should have because, again, you know, we, we weren't doing it right. I want to do it right this time, which is why we're doing our research first. But at least at the time, we thought we were doing it right, and we were. our timing was, was appropriate, I believe, because you figure a lot of food, most foods, will last between 10 and 25 years. Well, this was, when we started doing this, this was about 12, 13, uh, 10, between 11 and, 12, and 13 years ago is when we really started getting a little bit into prepping. 
that was about the right timing. That was when Obama was getting started and destroying the country. Okay, Trump came along and fixed a lot of things, but now Biden is trying to, not just trying, he is outdoing. Um, in one year, he's been able to do more damage than even Obama was able to do in eight years. We thought that it was impossible. And then look around. <laughs> Come on, man. Look around. It's terrible. It's really, really bad. So, yeah, since that time, since 2008, our national debt has tripled. This is a sign, a very clear sign of modern monetary theory. So let me go back to the article. Even though Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has dis distanced herself from modern monetary theory as a student of James Tobin, she continues to remain an inflationist who believes the government should play a more active role in the economy. For example, she supported the $1.9 trillion stimulus plan signed in March 2020, even though the money was created from thin air, which is essentially what MMT is. While she does not officially endorse MMT, nonetheless, her views of economics do not stray far from MMT orthodoxy. Stephanie Kelton, author of The Deficit Myth, Modern Monetary Theory, and the Birth of the People's Economy, also began doing regular interviews on the topic, becoming the de facto face of the MMT movement. She served as an economist advisor to Senator Bernie Sanders uh, during his presidential campaign and has since advised the Biden regime as well, going as far as to declare Biden has adopted her policies. I don't think she needed to declare it, by the way. I think it's pretty, pretty evident based upon what he's been doing, based upon the money that he's wanting to print. Okay, the Build Back Better plan, even the very, very toned down version, if we were to go to the original version, oh, but even the toned down version as they were trying to get to get uh, cinema and uh, and um, mansion on board. Yeah, that, that version was still horrible. I mean, really, really bad. And I'm not just talking bad like it's it's full of pork and it's full of full of all these bad things like subsidies. No, it was bad as in it was just horrible as far as how much money would be required to print, how much devaluing of the dollar, how much usage of essentially all of our hard-worked money, not just the tax dollars, go beyond the tax dollars, they needed it all, especially if you were rich. If you're wealthy, oh gosh, this is going to be great. They're going, you're going to love this. Just kidding, you'll hate it. So yeah, so so I don't think that she needs to declare that he's he's adopted her her principles. I would say that he's a disciple of her principles at this point, or at least his handlers are. I don't. Maybe he doesn't even know how to spell MMT. Okay, you never know. Maybe Kamala Harris, Kamala, sorry, pronounced that wrong. Maybe Kamala Harris. Doesn't couldn't possibly grasp what MMT really is. And perhaps the only person who in the White House who has any idea what this really, truly legitimately is are the people that are actually pushing it because they're trying to push for the destruction of the United States of America so they can usher in the true agenda that they support, which is the Great Reset, which requires a the end of a unipolar society, the end of adherence to capitalistic ideas, and by far, most importantly, the end of freedom. They want a neo-Marxist future, which is why they're pushing it. And MMT is one of the fastest ways to achieve their goal. So what is it? Let's see what the author, I haven't actually read his definition, but let's go ahead and go for it. What is modern monetary theory? Modern monetary theory begins with the government when the government budget constraint under a system of fiat money. According to William Mitchell, L. Randall Ray, and Martin Watts in Macroeconomics, the standard MMT approach which relates the present value of tax revenue to the present value of government spending and the government debt 
is misleading. Further, and this is a quote from the book, the most important conclusion reached by MMT is that the user, the issuer of a currency faces no financial constraints. Put simply, a country that issues its own currency can never run out and can never become insolvent in its currency. It can make all payments as they come due. It's, it's magical, folks. Whatever you want, you don't say, here's how much money we have, how do we spend it? You say, here's how much we need to spend, go print us some money. Oh, but we need to spend more on this, and now we have to spend more on that. And oh, crap, we're having lots of problems created by the original ones, so we need to print more money so that we can... Oh, it just it just goes... It's a very, very, very bad idea. I mean, it's it's bad idea on its surface, but if you dig deep, it becomes even worse. It, it amazes me that anybody could legitimately believe in it. And I know there are people that are saying, you know, they've been conned, they've been brainwashed, they've been indoctrinated, they've been shifted in their mentality to... To ignore the obvious and ignore the science and ignore everything else and just look at, hmm, so this means that we'll be able to, we'll be able to feed all the poor and we'll be able to, to make sure that nobody has to pay for student debt and nobody has to pay for anything and nobody even has to work. Okay. People, they don't want to work. They don't have to work. Why should people be forced to work? Why can't they just sit at home and get on the metaverse? I mean, isn't that what, what we all want? Don't we all want to get on the metaverse? I mean, it blows me away, but this is how these people think. They might not admit it. They might say, no, 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 this is about, this is about making productivity higher. How? Well, it, because it, it makes productivity higher because with MMT, you, you need higher productivity in order to make it work. Well, the, well, but you said that you need it, except how are you going to get it if you're not incentivizing people to produce more. Oh, they will. They will. They'll produce more. How? I thought you said they were going to be at home on the metaverse playing Call of Duty 14. Well, it'll work. It's never been tried. Oh, well, actually it has been. And it's failed miserably every time. Oh, well, that wasn't done right. I, you know, I just don't get it. I don't get it. It makes no sense. You know, if you think socialism is bad, modern monetary theory is worse. If you think that it's inexplicable for people to still embrace socialism based upon the history of socialism, MMT is worse. You could argue that socialism wasn't properly implemented. You can't argue that MMT was never properly implemented because it has been. And every time, it's been disastrous. But anyway, back to the article. As a result, for most governments, there is no default risk on, on government debt. The most important implication of such a radical theory is that government enjoys potentially limitless power as an arbitrator in the economy. Based on this theory, Congress supposedly can use the printing press effectively via accumulation of debt, raising aggregate demand to the level of full employment. Inflation, according to MMT theorists, is a phenomenon born out of the class conflict between workers and capitalists as they jostle for higher shares of the national income. According to them, moreover, virtually, quote, all spending, private or public, is inflationary if it drives nominal aggregate demand above the real capacity of the economy to absorb it. Now, if that's, if, if you're like, wait, what, huh? Then you're like me, because I did not read macroeconomics, nor did I get my degree in economics. But I will say this, <laughs> I do know enough about it to understand technically what they're saying. Basically, what, the, what they're pushing here. Okay, what their their goal in in confusing is to say 
you if as long as you only print the money that you need and you only you know you you base your needs only what is best for the the working class and uh, you know the the gap trying to bridge the gap between you know one of the things by the way real quick one of the things one of the parts the components of this fourth industrial revolution of the great reset is this push for uh, stakeholder stakeholder capitalism is what they call it okay right now we have shareholder capitalism if you own a business you have the most shares in many cases you have all the shares therefore you say what goes on with that business in stakeholder capitalism if you have a stake in other words if you put in eight hours a day working there then you have eight hours a day's worth of ownership in that company divided by however many people there are. So if there's if there's a company that has you know one owner and nine employees, right? And the owner's there eight hours a day, the employees are there eight hours a day, um, everybody's there eight hours a day. Well, each everybody owns ten percent, and you can say, oh, but some something has to be given a little bit to the owner. So we'll give we'll give that person nineteen percent, and everybody else will have nine percent instead of ten percent. How's that? Well, that's that's fair. That's equity because they did put up the money up front, and they do take all the risks from the financial perspective. And yes, they have to pay for insurance and everything else. But we deserve we 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 work here, and so we're stakeholders. So that's why we need to own it. That's the mentality, and it sells. Okay, this this gets people really juiced up, especially if they're if they're socialists or lazy. Which maybe I'm repeating myself, but it gets them excited, and they really want to get a part of this. Back to the article. As is the case with most crank theories, the world that this theory describes can never come to life. Full employment is not a criterion that real prices wait for to increase as buyers and sellers compete for scarce resources in the market economy. The view that inflation is a purely monetary phenomenon and that inflation takes place that is beyond the economy's absorbing capacity are both true to an extent, but both miss the vital picture of the interconnectedness of the market economy. I've never understood, you know, the, the old saying says, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The market economy works. Does it need to have certain adjustments? Sure. Am I completely against all regulations, all government involvement? No. I think there should be very, very minimal. I think in the vast majority of transactions, there should be zero. You know, But should there be at least a little bit of oversight? I think so. And by a little bit, I'm saying probably maybe 1% or 2% of what we have today. You know, President Trump was right when he said, you know, if you're going to add any bureaucracy, you know, if you're going to add any regulation, for every regulation you add, you have to cut two. That was nice. I would have liked, liked to have seen it much further than that. If you want to introduce new regulation, great. Find 10, find 100 that need to be cut first. Cut all those, and then you can introduce your new regulation. Otherwise, no new regulations. There's no point to them. The bureaucratic state thrives on regulations. We don't like the bureaucratic state. It doesn't make any sense. We like self-governance. We like representative governance when it comes to certain aspects. But when it comes to the market economy, very minimal. I mean, basic oversight, just looking for wrongdoing, crimes. As long as it's not criminal, I don't care. You might say, oh, but that's not fair. Okay, well, then make it fair. Work harder. Do more. Do better. Don't throw at me that there has to be equity at all. Equality of opportunity? Absolutely. Equity of results? No. No. That's not how it should work. And that's what modern monetary theory will push. <sighs> Sorry, I know I'm harping on this, but this is important, folks. I strongly encourage you to read this article. 
Read the whole thing. Okay, it's a relatively long article. I'm barely, barely scratching the surface, and it goes goes on and on and on. I'll go ahead and cut to the chase here. Let's go to the conclusion because this is important. The conclusion here: the only thing modern about MMT is the unprecedented amount of confidence in both its advocacy and application. The U.S. economy already has experienced the Keynesian spending spree of the 60s, which ended in the stagflation of the 70s. And if you don't understand what stagflation is, I know a lot of people are talking about it. It's really not that hard to understand. It's basically everything is going down, not just inflation. I mean, uh, employment, dollar, everything's uh, everything's heading backwards. That's a very bad thing. And the thing that makes it the worst is that it's almost impossible to pull yourself out of very easily. It takes takes a lot of effort. That's why I'm so so glad that Reagan came along. We might not be have a country today, okay? The Soviet Union may never have been disbanded. We might not have a country at all if it wasn't for Ronald Reagan winning in 1980. But I digress. When the government's econ- economic policies are based on the belief that the government can print unlimited amounts of money with little or no repercussions, we should not be surprised to find ourselves living under the most inflationary period in 40 years, four decades, folks, since it's been that bad, four decades. And that required some really bad. I mean, the the concentration, it was almost like a perfect storm. The concentration of economic woes had been accumulating since the 60s, since the, the, the Keynesian spending spree that he's talking about here. Okay, that concept really woke woke the world up. And really made us a concern. It actually, the greatest thing Nixon did, he made many mistakes with the economy. Don't even get me started on the gold standard. Okay? But one of the good things that he did was he really kind of reined in temporarily enough of the challenge. Now, Carter then went in and ruined it. Ford didn't really do anything. And Reagan had to kind of come in there. Not kind of. Reagan had to come in and fix it. That's our history. But if that didn't happen exactly like that, then we would not be here. I'm, I'm serious. We would not be here as a nation if the right combination of beneficial actions were not taken early on in the 80s to try to counteract two decades worth of really poor, really poor economic decisions. Oh, goodness. I'm starting to get... get uh, oh, and by the way, <laughs> that, that's... I should should note that that's a a good sign for us because it means that is it possible that we could come out? I know I'm always doom and gloom, but as bad as things are, is it possible that we might come out of this okay? That 2023 might be better, or 2024, or 2025, we might actually be able to survive beyond this this horrible administration, this horrible Congress. Yeah, I would say it's possible. What we're seeing today is unprecedented. But it, we have seen similar instances of it before, and most notably, and most recently, 40 years ago. The end of the 70s, the beginning of the 80s, the turning from really, really bad to really, really good. And we saw what happened in the 80s from an economic perspective, from a patriotism perspective. We were able to really rebound, rebound nicely, as a matter of fact. The 80s were, in many ways, very glorious, especially for our economy. Unfortunately, it didn't last. It Maybe it lasted too long. Maybe we were doing too well. And then we had the surplus, and then the internet came along, and then Bill Clinton had a surplus, and then he blew it, and then Bush blew it even more. And then we fast forward to Obama, and he started obliterating it. 
he started completely changing, fundamentally, as he claimed he would, started fundamentally changing the United States of America. Trump came back, came in, we had his four years, his first four years as president, and things started getting a lot, lot better. I'll admit I was surprised. I've always known, I've always known that Trump was was smart when it comes to the economy. I didn't know how, how it was going to translate. But I shouldn't have looked at his business acumen as a hint. I should have looked at his his desire for consistency and his desire to be right. That should have been the first clue to me, that he would be successful from an economic perspective for the United States of America, because he went with the attitude of America first. And that attitude permeated across all of his policies, both domestic and foreign. And while I didn't see it, I couldn't see it. I really couldn't. I couldn't see how it was going to benefit as well as it did. I thought it would be good. I thought it was a great improvement, definitely over what Clinton would have been, and definitely over what Obama was. But it wasn't until around 2018, 2019, when I realized, holy crap, this isn't just good. I mean, this is as good as it gets. He really is making America great again. He really is fixing so many of our problems. Yeah, and again, we're talking about from an economic perspective. You know, my my liking of Donald Trump, my appreciating of him, was superseded in 2018 and 2019 when I realized maybe he really is, at least from an economic perspective, playing 4D chess. Now, he made mistakes along the way. Don't get me wrong, okay? Most, and I would say, 95% of his mistakes were in people, okay? You don't have to look at policies. You just have to look at Rex Tillerson, Reince Priebus, Jeff Sessions. You just have to look at, I mean, even even later in his, in his administration, you look at Bill Barr. I mean, really? Bill Barr was, is, and always will be a deep state shill. He is, he is one of the guys, he was inserted into that position, recommended to Trump, and inserted into that position to make sure that the 2020 election fraud was never discovered. I mean, that was his whole role. They knew they were going to have to cheat to win. So they got a guy that they, they, could, they could control to make sure that the Department of Justice did not look into any of the massive, widespread allegations and proof, the mountains of proof of voter fraud in 2020. So no, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, uh, Donald Trump was perfect. But compared to what we have now, compared to what we had before, and compared to what my expectations were, which were good, I expected him to do very well. I didn't realize he was going to do that well. And if he had if he had surrounded himself with the right people, then we would be unstoppable right now. Instead, you know, John Kelly, uh, Mad Dog Mattis, uh, John Bolton, I could go up and down the list of really, really, really bad, bad choices. That he made from a personnel perspective. And I know, you know, people are like, oh, you can't blame Trump for that. Well, sure I can. I can blame him for that. He wasn't, nobody was forced upon him. He should have shown discernment and picked better people. H.R. McMaster, I rest my case right there. H.R. McMaster, done. Done. Anyway, I do miss him. I really, I cannot wait till he's back in office. I hope it's before 2025. I really do. I hope that that we can turn this around. You know, that's one of the reasons why we're holding these events at freedomfirst.tv. Freedomfirst.tv. You can hear we just did one on Saturday. It was a election fraud summit. Had Jovan Pulitzer there, Rachel Alexander. We had several speakers uh, coming through. Um, and uh, again, this is exclusively at 
at freedomfirst.tv. It's this new subscription service that we're working on. It seems to be working very nicely. Second part will be airing this Saturday. It's going to have Bobby Pitton, and I'm going to be speaking there. It's going to be really great. I cannot wait. But with that said, you know, I'm not here to promote. I'm here to just tell you what we're trying to save this country. And by we, that means you too. That means participation. That means learning, if you don't know what it is, learning what modern monetary theory is. That means spreading the word about the 15 players at the Miami Open who left, who retired or withdrew because of blisters or whatever, even though they were all fully vaccinated and and reaching for their chests and doubling over in pain. Okay. I last I checked, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I want to be clear about this. I am not a doctor. But I have never known of anybody who got blisters on their feet that made their chest hurt to the point that they had to double over or grab their chest in pain. I've never personally had any blisters that do that. Maybe you have maybe 15 of these tennis players at the Miami Open elite athletes who are all fully vaccinated. Maybe they did too. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. All I know is this, that it's awfully conspicuously, uh, what's the word for it? It's, it's very troubling and very suspicious. And I would encourage you to find that story. You can find it at NOQ Reports. You can find it at thelibertydaily.com. Share it because it's good and important stuff. You know, when I try to, when I talk about things, I talk about it for a reason. It's part of my shtick. I don't like to just talk about random things or things that are interesting. There are plenty of more interesting stories out there than modern monetary theory. I promise you. But there are a few that are more important today. And I try to make sure that what we're sharing here at the JD Rucker, at JD Rucker Live is important stuff, things that you need to hear. That's why I do record these and I put these on my show, The uh, Midnight Sentinel with JD Rucker. Be sure to check that out. Download it on on whatever your podcast reader is. You can find we've got a great channel over at Rumble. Over the weekend, I had Lieutenant General Thomas McInerney retired. On. He talked about the jabs. He talked about 5G. He talked about lots of cool stuff. It was actually very entertaining, as he always is, and also very enlightening and very important. You know, he's talking about hemorrhagic fever, something that I've talked about when I interviewed Dr. Uh, Li Ming Yan. That was an important discussion. And we have to have more of these. We are in a position right now, folks, that if we don't act today, right now, We are going to lose this country. And I'm not talking about just losing it to the Democrats. I'm talking about losing it, period. The United States of America may not exist here in a few years, a decade maybe, if we do not turn this around. I'm not just talking about critical race theory or anything like that. I'm talking about the overall degradation of our values, of our systems, of our status in the world. Joe Biden is doing as much damage as he can. Kamala Harris is doing it with him. We can reverse it. Hopefully. I keep saying that we can because otherwise, what are we going to do? Lord willing, I will be back tomorrow with another episode. But in the meantime, you all stay strong, stay safe, and God bless. In these uncertain times in our economy, Precious metals have become the go-to for many investors as they attempt to hedge their portfolios against the uncertainty associated with supply chain issues, inflation, and lockdowns. Our gold guy, Ira, 
is the best in the business at delivering physical gold or silver to customers across the country. His prices are exceptionally low, and his service is superb. Go to OurGoldGuy.com, that's OurGoldGuy.com, click contact, and tell them J.D. Rucker sent you. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko knows a thing or two about the immune system. He was nominated for a Nobel Prize for his early COVID-19 treatments, and now he's offering his Z-Stack supplements to our listeners at a discount. Just go to zstacklife.com freedom. That's zstacklife.com freedom. Use promo code freedom and get the nutraceuticals Dr. Zelenko recommends to boost your immune system in the age of COVID-19.